0: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for the Evolution of Faith podcast. My name is David Rubelid.
1: And I'm Zach Zienka.
0: And I'm Isami Dane. Awesome. And we're excited. This is our first time that we have a guest on this podcast. And we're also excited about this conversation. Uh, This conversation is around mental health and the Christian community, and how could the uh, Christian community understand mental health and the complexities better, want to understand the mental health complexities better, and move forward into doing better for health and healing of the people that are in their seats, that are involved in their community. So... I just want to turn it over first and foremost, Asami. Will you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Just what maybe we need to know about you and share whatever you want to share.
2: Well, most importantly. Yeah. Yeah. Most importantly, I have three cats. Uh <laughs> I live in Las Vegas um with my husband. And um I am um I operate a page specifically for uh, survivors of CSA, which stands for Child Sexual Abuse and Human Trafficking Survivors. Um, Unfortunately, that's been my experience. A lot of that was within the church setting. And so I use my story to encourage others. Sometimes I try to sprinkle in some humor to keep some things light, but for the most part, Um, that's what we talk about on there. And um, yeah, my hopes is that we shed more light on abuse or things that are hid in the dark so that way people can find hope and uh, healing uh, with what they've gone through.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll mention this again at the end, but could you tell us just what the website is for that and where they could find you? We'll mention it again at the end, but yeah.
2: Of course. Yeah. So my website is my first and last name. So it's isamidane.com. And then my Instagram handle is my first name. And then there's an underscore and then my last name. So original. I know. Uh, I also have a TikTok as well and a Facebook, so you can find me there.
0: Awesome. And we we first met, I don't know if you know this. I think I shared this with you once, but once upon a time, my wife, just based on, because I talk a lot about spiritual abuse, I talk about mental health. Um, online a lot. And there's other pockets of ministry that I I work in. My my wife's like, you need to check out this account and sent me your account. This was maybe two and a half years ago, two years ago. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I started following you and you wrote me two Christmas Eves ago saying that you found my account and started following Mm -hmm. me. And that's how we we started the conversation. So I've loved just kind of get to know you and kind of this distant relationship with kind of similar hearts that we've had Mm and i think that if if i could talk about because i spiritual abuse is a part of my story also that sexual abuse within the context of a church environment is a part of my story and with that has come uh as i was walking through in that church that i was raised in walking through just trying to just live life and survive yeah. i w- did not feel a sense of safety mm. And uh, it wasn't until 15 years later that I walked through counseling and kind of began to face some of that stuff. Um, I want to ask you just around as much as you're willing to share within your story, talk about some of how the church and the Christian community has felt for you, as much as you're willing to share Uh, when it comes to, have you felt safe? Why or why not?
2: Hmm.
0: That's a really tough question to
2: answer because I feel like I've been met with multiple different results and responses based on where I am, based on who I'm talking to. Um, Some of the worst responses have been, you're not praying enough or, you know, Mm. you might not be um, reading your Bible enough, the the Christianese responses, right? So, we have every answer in the Bible, therefore we do not need to go to therapy or to have medication, those those types of responses. So I've had that extreme, and then I've also had um, the opposite where people have been understanding and said, hey, you know, we actually know some licensed therapists that attend the church. We'd love to get you connected. That's awesome. Um, you know, those those have been the varying responses that I've gotten. And sometimes I don't know which way it's going to go. And to be quite honest with you, I have really struggled with letting my guard down and knowing mm-hmm. like, hey, is this going to be a safe person? Are they just going to tell me to pray more? Are they going to quote that verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength when I yeah. tell them I'm struggling with depression? Like, how is this going to go? And um, it's scary because you sometimes kind of have to test the waters a little bit just to see how that response is going to be and you know it's it's not comfortable um for probably both parties uh but that's that's been most of my experience with that that response
0: yeah Yeah, one of of my personal concerns is around the idea, the term is called sufficiency of scripture, that the the Bible says everything that we need to know and say about whatever topic, and it's pulled into mental health. Mm. I think one of the things that I'm concerned about is when somebody has some, like a liver problem or a kidney problem, they don't just go to the Bible for it, they go to a health expert. I would hope so. (laughs) So why with a why is it with our brains and maybe Zach you could even theologically speak into this but why is it that with our brains which is a human organ, we don't think that we still can have access to a medical professional
1: why is it? yeah I, I mean I've, I've wondered this for a while now and I, and I I often think like how much we separate in the church we separate our bodies from the things that feel very spiritual so there's mm-hmm. there's the things we're thinking our emotions those are so connected to the spiritual right like our our worship is postured towards emotions mm-hmm. um our reading of scripture is postured towards thinking and so these are the these are the spiritual things our physical right. body is just this unfortunate vehicle for all mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. and so if i break my toe i'm going to go to a doctor and and that's great like we're all we're happy with that but we have a hard time that those things are are absolutely united together, and that a good Christian theology of like resurrection, which tells me that one day I will be resurrected and still have a body and a brain and all these things, um, a good theology that holds those all together and says, um, just as scripture can be restorative to our hearts and our minds, um, there are other things too in the world that can can do that just as well. And, and God has created those things. He's created people with the giftings to do that. You know, I, um, I'll I'll just share this quick story for, for here, but my wife is a physical therapist and Mm -hmm. every day she goes to work and does miracles and gets kids Mm -hmm. who have cancer to walk again. And I look at that. I'm like, that's ministry. Like we're living out the life of Christ healing the people around you and restoring them physically and I, I i don't know why we can't make that same move in the mm-hmm. church to look at therapists and mental health expert experts and say mm-hmm. you are doing the same work of christ it doesn't mm-hmm. all have to come from the scripture my my wife all her knowledge comes from you know giant fat textbooks and right doctor <laughs> she got to go to school for and yeah therapists had to go through all those same things mm. and they're providing something mm. amazing that should be transforming it and I I just don't know why we can't make that that same jump mm. why I like, like it's so spiritual yeah
2: I like how you mentioned that you know there's so much training involved with going mm-hmm. through this whole process you know your wife's a physical therapist that they didn't just say hey here's someone that just had a car accident good luck you know that could put someone potentially more harm than helping. Um And she's had to go through all that training. And it's the same for therapists, you know, now with any type of practice, there's um people that shouldn't be dentists and there's probably people that shouldn't be therapists, yeah. but for the most part, you know, when someone does need this kind of help, it does require professional assistance. Yeah. And um it's almost scary to me that someone wouldn't suggest that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, as a pastor, those of you who are watching, uh, Zach and I both uh, work as pastors. One of the things that I've had to learn to clarify for ethical purposes is where the line is. A lot of Mm -hmm. pastors, and this is something if you're watching to look out for, a lot of pastors don't know where the line is of where like, hey, my role is to offer you pastoral support. But go see a professional with this. And a lot Mm. of pastors just think, man, you know, I I read the Bible. I went to four years of a Bible college in the Midwest or whatever. They think they're Mm. experts on everything and they're not. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So let me me ask you this. How does the stigma surrounding like mental health with the Christian community affect those struggling with mental health? Issues. How does what what's going on inside of them when they're part of a Christian community or a church environment Mm -hmm. where there's mental health is stigmatized? What what's going on inside of them? Ooh.
2: um, So this is from personal experience, but it's it's scary because everyone's situation may be different. Um, So I do want to throw that out there for our listeners that not everyone will experience the same path, and that's why it's really important to listen. Um, and just be open to feedback and trying to understand where people are coming from. Um, personally, I've seen situations where it's either or it's, um, either it's not taken seriously. So you might say, Hey, like I'm struggling with this, and it might just be brushed off with scripture or pray more, or why didn't you join a Bible study? Um, something like that to, um, you know, when someone raises a concern like, Hey, um, I saw this happening to someone else. Um, their response might be, Well, they have mental health issues mm-hmm. and it, it's brushed off as, Oh, well, they're the problem. So there's really nothing we can do about it. So I've seen both responses, which, which is scary. Um, because that doesn't offer the person the support that they need. Um, so, so I've seen that. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's tough to navigate sometimes when you're that person on the other end
0: yeah as as um as as somebody who i mean you've you've been around christian circles and whatever whatever i guess you say style or approach because i yeah. mean you come from very similar fundamentalist backgrounds yeah. and now we're <laughs> we're in spaces that are not that and however that that looks yep. um If if somebody's watching this now, maybe there's a leader on here of some sort, um, what is just one practical thing that could be uh, moved forward in as it comes to like, I want to be educated and I want resources for this. What's a practical step that somebody could take? I think it would be great.
2: Um, And I know resources can be limited depending on where you live or um, that type of thing. But I think it would be great if you reached out. Um, to like a local counseling center. See what resources are available. You may not be a large church where you can hire someone like a therapist or someone to come in that's a professional um, to be there if someone needs clinical counseling or anything like that. And you may not be able to afford that, but you can always reach out to a local counseling center that is you know certified has all the clearances that they need to practice and reach out to them and ask them what are your resources is it is it possible for us to list you as a preferred therapist if someone needs a referral can we do that um, maybe have those conversations with your local community and see if they are willing to come together and give you a little bit of advice i know they can't teach you how to be a therapist they can't teach you how to be a counselor but they could point you in the right direction like hey if someone says this what should be the response be? Which direction do I point them in? Um, I think that could be really helpful. And you might even find online that there are mental health communities run by people of faith who want to have these conversations with you. And so I think if you approach it from that perspective of, you know, like, maybe um, this could be better, or maybe I don't have the answer to the question I'm asking, there are plenty of people who would love to come by your side and aid you with that so I would say don't shy away from your local resources and and online yeah. groups for sure
0: yeah yeah that's huge what would what would you say to somebody who's maybe sitting in the seats on Sundays or attending the classes in the church that is struggling with uh with anxiety depression, mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do with it because they don't feel safe. If somebody's watching this, what what is a, a yeah. step or an encouraging word you could give to them? Mm.
2: This may not sound like the most Christian response. You say whatever so, you, you say. Oh man, here it comes. Um, some people will not understand. Keep yourself safe and. I don't mean hold people out at arm's distance, don't make any friends. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is there are certain people who probably mean the best and Mm. have the best of intentions, but do not know how to speak into your situation. Mm. And when they don't understand, at the end of the day, you still have to go home And work with whatever you're working with, your anxiety, your depression. They don't. And that's uncomfortable to think of it that way because, you know, um, we want people to care. We want people to, to feel a certain way. But if they don't understand the depth of it, there's really not much else you can do in that situation. Um, but find your people, Mm -hmm. find the person or people that do understand. Check to see if maybe your church might have. A group that you don't know about. Um, I've heard of many churches having groups that are anonymous. So they're not like publicized on their websites. Sometimes that does happen. There is a uh, group that I've attended personally before. It's called celebrate recovery. Um, and people kind of get hung up on that. Term recovery, like, hey, is this just for addiction or alcohol? And you know that may be something you're working through, and you're always welcome to go there. But it's also for people who are working through their mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, the tagline of that organization is for hurts, yep. habits, and hangups. So if you are hurting with depression, if you are hurting with anxiety, that's an open door for you, and so. What I would say is if, if you are striving to pursue your faith, and that is something you want to stay actively in, um, find your people. And um, what's that verse that talks about, don't cast your pearls before swine? I don't know if I'm quoting that correctly, but yeah. it's kind of that idea. Of, yep. you know, sometimes there are things that we cannot throw out to people um, in situations where it's it's just too, mm, not vulnerable, but too big of a price for mm-hmm. you to pay if they are not able to mm-hmm. handle what you are dealing with, with care. So find your people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I want to sit on that for a minute Yeah, um, just because I think there is something, what I've seen as a trend in my life, in the lives of other people I walk with, but in different churches that I've been a part, of, I mean, I've been in and out of churches and been on staff and in and out of churches my entire life. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of almost an entitlement that that Christians and Christian leaders feel that they should have access to parts of your life, Ooh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and in and in that. As somebody who has sat under leaders and in groups, Mm -hmm. I think that there's this natural part of accountability that is created that's actually unhealthy. Now, I'm all for healthy relationships and accountability, Mm -hmm. but there's a sense that there's a requirement when we are part of a community Mm -hmm. that we fully bear our souls to everyone. Yeah. And not everybody has the right to that. Not everybody can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um not everybody will handle it well for you or for them. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn I had this conversation with a friend of mine who who struggles with this. I've had to learn in my life that authenticity doesn't mean that everybody knows everything about me. Mm-hmm. Authenticity just means that I am consistently the same person in every mm-hmm. space. But different people I give access with my boundaries to different people yeah. who are safe or not. And different people have yeah. different levels of that access.
2: Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's so true. You know, some kind of like going back to like some people shouldn't have certain types of access and, and boundaries. And I think it's kind of, hmm, if we think of it this way, so in the Christian circle, we're very careful about appearances of evil. I've heard that all my life. You know, it's like you, you don't get in a car with the opposite sex. You just, you just don't meet up for coffee. You don't do that. And it's not that that person is a bad person. That's not why you're not doing that. It is because you're holding yourself, it is, especially if you're on staff at a church, you have a reputation with uphold. If someone sees you, they're just going to assume, oh, pastor having an affair. I'm out of here by yeah, yeah. not coming back to church again. Like because that does happen. So people would assume that. So I understand, you know, there's that type of thing. It's also because, you know, there's that vulnerability that um, you know, that and I understand not everyone operates this way, but me and my husband have a role where we don't meet up with the opposite sex alone. Like just we just don't do that. It's been that way since the beginning of our marriage. We have friends that are opposite gender, you know if you're working together, i don't care you know like if it's a work thing and you you have to like be at work together you can't really control that situation but um, there are boundaries that are put in place just for you know because we trust each other and because we have a relationship that we at the end of the day want to honor each other with and that's why we have those boundaries Um, Some people's boundaries might look different. Some people might think I'm crazy for having that boundary, and that's okay. But the thing is, no matter what relationship you're in, you might have different boundaries. You may not tell your mother-in-law everything. You Mm -hmm. love her, but you may not tell her everything. Um, You you might feel that way towards a cousin or a family member, and it should be seen the same way in the church. And I think there's a disconnect with some of this and i think sometimes people feel that oh if i don't tell them everything it be it's because i don't love them it's because i'm withholding information out of ill will when in reality everyone else in our lives we don't tell them things like maybe we don't tell our mother in law that the kids are eating fruity pebbles for breakfast because yeah. she might freak out you know because we love her we don't want her to stress over it um uh, there is a reason there's there's love behind that boundary and i think people in the church sometimes forget that, you know, even with things that you may not need to disclose to everyone, there's love behind that boundary. Because yeah. like you said, that person may not be able to handle what you're going through. Um, So I think it's kind of like making that mental switch and knowing like, hey, you're not doing it because uh you dislike the person. You're doing it because you want to keep a healthy relationship with this person. And the best way to do that is to have that boundary and not disclose everything to to some people, you know, yeah. so... Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was thinking. Um, I was thinking of the birth, you know the, the bear each other's burdens, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I think some of the pitfalls here that happen with pastors as it comes to mental health is the desire to bear everyone's burdens equally, you know, and Ooh, in a sense no. that um, if I'm a pastor and someone comes to me and they're expressing issues of mental health, there's a tendency to say, "I want to, I want to bear that for you," but I can yeah. only bear like. Two percent of that because I'm also mm-hmm. bearing a bunch of other people's stuff as well right. and I think the beauty of the the Christian ideal of, of community is that there are therapists and other people yeah. which mm-hmm. that burden can be, be you know mm-hmm. beared upon I don't know if that's the right word but you know like born upon I don't know <laughs> um, but but that's like the, the unfortunate nature I think of the church is is when the pastor has to become the one who carries all those things and must become the expert in all of that and I, and can only give attention to such a small percentage of that when it deserves yeah. someone's full attention and the yeah. right person as you're saying sure. not everyone needs to bear that same burden or um be a part of it there's there's really specific people who can do that and do it well and yeah. that's the thriving like community of the church is when the the right people are there stepping in to bear that burden and to listen and encourage and and walk through that season of life. And that's the beauty of of a good good mental health experts.
2: For sure. For sure. I like how you mentioned that, you know, you as a pastor, you want to carry all that. You be not because you feel like even you said I it might be that two percent, but there's that care, that compassion piece that comes with that. Um, and so that would be in a healthy scenario where there is. That, unfortunately, there's that extreme other flip side to where I've seen growing up, and you might have seen as well. Uh, depending on where you, uh, <laughs> you know, started out in church, at um, where the pastor may want to bear all of that because he wants to keep this internal. The yeah. reason being is there's that mental control and like making a puppet. The marionette doll. Uh, (laughs) There's a mental control with some of this where, you know, I I can send someone to get their tooth fixed because all they're going to do is get their tooth fixed. But if I send someone to a therapist and there's abuse in the church and they talk to the therapist, now that faithful tither is going to leave. So, you know, there, there are dangerous situations where people are discouraged. And I think that would Probably be a first red flag if yeah. you're anywhere where you're like, "Hey, pastor, I'm struggling with this." You know, like I'm I'm dealing with this, and you know, like you said, you have that compassion. So their first response might be, "Man, I'm so sorry. Is there any way I can help you or or listen?" Um, that 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 might be a first response. But then if it goes into something like, "Hey, I'm dealing with bipolar, or schizophrenia, or, or whatever." Then it should be, hey, you know, there's this great therapist that we know. Um, how can we support you with connecting with them? Um, and if it's not, and it's like, oh, by the way, let let me see what I can do with this this thing that you're dealing with. Well, trust God, just need to volunteer more. You know. Oof. Yeah, dangerous, dangerous territory.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. Cause um, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of narcissism narcissism and also internal control in some yeah. communities not not every community but in some communities and when you're in it you don't see it but i think that that's a really helpful practical tool to see that as a red flag if they if they're not if they're not outsourcing uh, or even offering that as an option that's a huge yeah. red flag yeah 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 so let me let me ask you this um what is what are some things if if you have the opportunity to say to the the the, the I'll say national, not global, but national <laughs> American Christian community oh. around this specific topic. If you could say anything in an open, safe space where people could hear you, what would you like to say that you're willing to say?
2: Oh man, a couple things. Um if someone is taking medication for their brain. It does not mean they don't love Jesus. Mm-mm. Um, if someone takes medication for their back, yeah. you know, they got arthritis, it's painful, or they pulled a muscle or have a heart condition, I would hope that wouldn't be discouraged. In the same way, if someone is taking medication because they are actively struggling, and this is day in and day out for them, um, it does it does not mean they haven't walked with Jesus. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. they aren't active. They're probably going to be the people that are praying every day Mm -hmm. because they have to. Um, You know, they they have probably prayed a lot. And so, telling someone who is having to um, rely on medication or um, work through different steps to um, have a healthy life, to tell them, hey, just pray more, it sometimes feels like a slap in the face because they're probably already doing that um and probably quite a bit of it and so i think i think the key is just to have compassion and just really try to listen see where they're coming from and what's going on
0: yeah Yeah. i i personally have been in recovery spaces twice Mm. in my adult life Mm. and what I will find and what I say to people or some of the people dealing with as celebrate says hurts habits and hangups actually are some of the people with the strongest faith yeah like their behavior of addiction or uh struggle or um mental health struggle or 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 codependency it, they've been they've been they've been in the fight and <laughs> And he, Hebrews, right? Hebrews eleven one one of the one of the translations. I love the way it says it that it's the the evidence uh, faith is a, things hoped for the evidence of things unseen. Well, I could tell you some of those people have worn out knees as the mm-hmm. evidence of what they're hoping for. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I think that some people that have some of these struggles that we're talking about, and and for my, myself, it's deepened my faith. Mm. And I see some people that even though uh, there's a continual struggle and a continual fight, that fight has strengthened their faith in ways yeah. that maybe um, I heard this beautiful story of of a uh, Eastern Orthodox monk who struggled with mm. alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And people who were coming on pilgrimages would over and over complain about Mm. his drunkenness, you know. (laughs) But what the people at the monastery who lived life with him saw was that each year he had gone from 10 drinks a day to 9 drinks a day Mm. to 8 drinks a day and what they're seeing is a fight and a deep faith that many people don't see, refuse to see or don't have because they don't yeah. struggle with that particular thing. Mm-hmm. And I I I think that that is spot on uh what you were saying and uh man we're it you're in the fight and don't question somebody's faith. Just because of the struggle, their faith might yeah. be deeper with that struggle. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. So as as we wrap up here, is there anything else anybody has or wants to say or wants to ask? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, I feel
2: like there should be jeopardy music going on. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. If,
0: we'll
2: if not, it it that's a okay. <laughs> Um, I guess, Zach, I'd like to know kind of like your, because yeah. I, I know that David shared a little bit about like mm-hmm. um, his his why behind like why he's so passionate about mm-hmm. communicating with people and hearing their story and all of that. I, if you're comfortable, I guess I'd like to know more of your yeah. why and yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just telling David this right before where this is one of those interesting topics where I'm... I'm like all fired up about it. I'm so happy we're talking about it. Yeah. And yet I have very little experience with mm-hmm. it. Um. And it, and it's it's an odd thing to say, I, I guess, in terms of like ah, I've just always been fine. That's not mm-hmm. true. Um. But but more so, I've um most of my experience with it comes through other people. Yeah. Um, and and the one where I get the most passionate about is is because of my wife. Um. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, she went through an in, an intense season of anxiety, mm. and um and I didn't know what to do. And I, and again, I I had that mindset that was like, well, I'm a pastor, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> I should have the training mm. to like guide the person who's most close in my life and knows the most about me and whom I know the most about. Yeah. I should be able to guide them back mm. into joy and and an anxious free life, and and all just I'll get her through this. And I didn't like at all, <laughs> you know, it had, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And um, I got to watch as her progress through, through therapy and through medication. And this is all stuff. She would not care that I'm sharing. Yeah. She's very open about this, yeah. but I got to watch as I saw her get healthier and healthier mm. through those means. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it's like that's the the most dear person in my life, and um, I also got to watch as other people in her life and church leaders and people around them around her doubted those those experiences mm-hmm. and belittled them and said things like, well, wow. "Just pray more." And mm-hmm. I'm I have to confess in my own self that I did things like that as well because that's mm-hmm. that's what I knew. That's like, yeah that's what I thought was how you resolve those issues was just, Mm -hmm. have you, have you read Job? It's pretty good. (laughs) 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 Um, Solve that for you. Um, and so for me, it's, it's knowing that there are, there are many people in my life who, um, who don't feel like they can take those same steps that my wife got to take and has helped her. And, um, and, uh, and so I'm passionate to, to ensure that those around me are, feeling safe to go to those yeah. directions and for myself I, I um i've gone through series of uh seasons of, of extreme depression um mm-hmm. and thankfully through the wisdom of the people went to therapy and it was very helpful and yeah. um i was a brick wall for the first month that i was there i didn't want to share yeah. anything <laughs> like i got to see that it, it, it truly helped me and it was through a licensed brilliant therapist who I champion and tell everyone to go to, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, it just comes from a compassion to say, I, I really want to see people thrive and yeah. um, I want to see them find the right areas of help and, um, and realize that it doesn't come through the means that we often think it is. It doesn't, yeah, yeah maybe prayer can help for some people, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's a little bit of that plus brilliant, brilliant people who are willing to bear the burdens and, and step in. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I had a doctor who once told me, um, cause I was kind of the same way at one point where it's was like, no, nah, we're not going to see a therapist. I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> I just have Jesus and I'm great. Um, but I ended up in a psychiatric hospital who, um, yeah, I, I did. And the doctor there, she told me, you know, that's great that you have a faith community. That's a leg in the chair. But mm-hmm. as with chairs, you kind of need multiple legs so you can mm-hmm. sit still. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I have one thing in life that's okay, but where's the rest of it? And yeah. so that's what really kind of catapulted me towards seeking healing for myself and and um going through therapy and then eventually ending up on medication and finding support with other people. And it it takes all of it, you know? Mm. So, yeah, but thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. So as we wrap up, would you be willing to share any projects or anything that you have in the works that you're working on where your heart is right now and then share with us how people could connect with it. And again, where you could be found and how people can connect with you.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, a couple of projects that I have coming up. I'm trying to connect with um, some other survivors as well. Um, I have a friend of mine that um, we are probably going to be doing a live here pretty soon. Um, more details to come, so stay tuned. Um, you can find me on Instagram at isami underscore Dane or on TikTok. My TikTok is kind of stagnant at the moment planning for a relaunch in May, so stay tuned. And then Facebook is also there as well, if you would like to connect. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to get more involved in speaking ventures and um, being able to connect more with uh, other church leaders or universities. So um, if you're listening to this and you would like to connect with me about that, you can always reach me. My email is admin at isamidane.com. And it usually takes about two to three days for an admin to respond. Um, and then we can go from there uh, to connect about that.
0: So I would love to hear from you. Awesome! Thank, thanks so much for being our first uh, guest on yeah. here. I really I'm so honored. That's a bar will high. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep pumping out episodes that I hope are are helpful for people. But it just means so much that you would spend the time uh, to come in and and join us uh, today. So. Um, let me close out here. If you're a listening or watching, thanks so much for joining here on the Evolution of Faith podcast. And uh, we'll have more coming. And uh, again, thanks so much for spending your 30-40 minutes with us on this episode. We hope that it has been helpful for you. So, bye.
1: Bye. Right. Thanks, everyone.